Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is November 15th, 2023. We continue our series, Words for Life, and today's word is time to choose. Now, this word comes at a, I think, a very divine time. And before I really get into it, I'd like to share something that happened with me the week before, the week before. I'm here in West Texas, and we've actually had an earthquake. It was recorded. Everyone's been talking about it. But I want to share with you an experience that happened with me at the time of the earthquake, I was up late. How late? It was 3.30 a.m. I was awake. I was working on things. And, of course, I often pray. And I do work late at night. But this night, I was working later than usual. And there's something about that 3 a.m. hour. It's the first watch, as far as biblical watches, in the night or in the day, and it's spiritually some of my most intense spiritual encounters, whether it's angelic or demonic, occur in these hours. It is a fascinating time to pray and seek the Lord. A lot of spiritual warfare happens during these hours. And as I was awake, I felt at 3.30 a.m., I felt a presence walk up behind me. It was not a scary presence. As a matter of fact, I actually thought it was my son or wife. That gives you the understanding of the familiarity with the presence, that it was a loving presence, not a, you know, demonic presence or something. And I became aware that it was certainly not my son or my wife. And then before I could turn and look, the shaking happened. There was a shaking. And then I I actually thought the this presence, this person behind me that I could s- sort of see out of my the side of my eyes. I, I knew that they were there, but like I said, I thought it was my son or wife at three AM. I don't know what they were doing up. So I didn't turn to address them immediately because I was I was working and praying and and then the the chair that I was in shook like the presence was shaking it and I turned to to deal with it and of course everything it, it was gone the shaking stopped and it was uh, I, I I got the sense that this was a very profound spiritual encounter the next morning I became aware because everyone was talking about 
the earthquake that hit the West Texas area. The next day as well, we had an intercession night. And as I shared my encounter, my wife shared with me a word about a prophetic word that was given to her about a shaking that was coming. And all of a sudden, the Lord just began to download on me that this shaking wasn't a natural earthquake. The spiritual realm, there was things happening in the spiritual realm that has manifested in a physical earthquake in the area. And I know it was so because just like a sonar or a radar that can reveal hidden images, you know, it bounces off of it if it's there. And so you can, you can see what you can't see to naturalize. That's what a radar or sonar does. Spiritually, that's what happened. This, the spiritual moves, the thing that happened in the spiritual realm opened up. And believers, we, we have angels around us. I'm not into big angel ministry or thing, but you know, one third of heaven fell to the demonic realm. You know, and we always like to talk about demons, but think about it. there are two angels for every one demon. For every fallen angel, there's two angels. For every fallen angel, there's two angels. There's angels everywhere. Now we're supposed to be focused on the Lord, and that's what I focus on. But they, they are everywhere. For every demon that harasses you, there are at least two angels from heaven that can deal with it. That's why greater is he who is with us. He, the, the armies of heaven are so much larger. But it was, it was, it was suddenly that veil was suddenly opened up in that moment. And, and it literally happened just seconds before the physical shaking happened. And so as I share this message, there is a shaking that is going on. And, and the word time to choose, um, God had given me this word for this day. A year ago, I plan what I'm going to minister, when I'm going to minister it a year in advance. And I wrote these words down. My staff know how I plan. I put up a calendar and, and I write this word on this day. And now I don't have the whole message, but I, I God has given me these words. And so I've written this down. And so to, this word time to choose. And so I, I'm, I'm going to share this today. My, my question for you is, are you serving more than one God? Are you not wanting to commit or make that determined choice to trust in God alone? You know, we, we live in a time when uh, there's a fickleness or people have an insincere type of dedication to many things. And when we do that, when we have a fickleness in our relationships this insincere dedication. That's people treat marriages like this. That's in relationships. And that's why people don't want to marry. They don't want to choose to commit. Time to make a choice. They don't, they, well, I don't know. We'll see. And anytime you do that, whatever it is you're choosing, whether it's a relationship, a job, a goal in life, with that, you may say you're dedicated, but if it's not, if you're insincere in that because of this fickleness, whatever you do, it, it profoundly ends, um, with devastating effects. It never works out good. And perhaps today with this message, it's time to reflect, reconfirm your decision to be his. As I share this word, um, I thought long and hard. I, I don't even hardly know what scripture to begin with. I'm just being honest with you. So today I'm going to begin with 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. 
He reads, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, least your sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe what that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ arise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Now I know, what does this have to do with the word time to choose? And this is a, I, I love this passage. When I was a new believer, I, I love this passage because I, I really liked hearing about end times events and prophecies. And this one always spoke to me. And here recently, there's been many in the, in, in the Christian movement that have begun to think, you know what? The teaching on the rapture is just not biblical. And I hear people say the rapture is not even in the Bible. And that's not true. Verse 17, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together. That word caught up in the Latin, in the Latin trans, translation, rapae mor, rapae mor. I'm not a Latin speaker, so please forgive me if I mispronounce that. That's where we get our English word rapture. Technically, that, that, that Latin word means we will be raptured. And what does raptured mean? Raptured means to be caught up. That's why in English translation it says, we who shall, we, excuse me, and remain, we shall be caught up together. And so it's that, that caught up. Rapture means to be caught up. So yes, rapture is in the Bible. It's right here in verse 17. It's just, when we say rapture, it's a Latin word. Um, from the, the Latin translation. Now I know you can go back to the Greek, but, Listen, when we when we're using that, we're just using a Latin word to say what? Caught up. Caught up. Now to say there is no rapture is unbiblical. Now, mid, post, pre, uh, pre trib, pre rap. I mean, there's there's all these different ideas, uh, theories, teachings about when and all that. And that's and that's fine. At least you're in the ballpark of saying what's going to happen. We just don't know, or this is what I think. And I'm not here to debate that, but there is, we're supposed to comfort each other that the Lord is coming. We, he doesn't want us to be ignorant. He is coming. And if, if, if we, if, if we as believers have died, then our bodies will be caught up first. But if you're still alive in this moment, when the, when the Lord comes and the Lord returns, in this moment when the trumpet of God sounds, we will be caught up. And we're supposed to comfort each other with this. You know, that this is going to happen. This is, this is for those of us who are here in that moment. And I always tell people, listen, you can't go wrong with Jesus. This is how it's going to go. Either you're going to live out your life and die, and then when you die, you see Jesus. And then he'll call up your body you get a new body um or he'll come back earlier before you die and you'll be caught up and you'll see him so you see you're going to see jesus either before you die or after you die but you're going to see him and you're going to be involved in this uh everyone everyone will be involved in this and and so we should comfort as believers we should comfort each other in this 
But what does this have to do with choosing and comforting? Let me go to the more negative verse. It's Amos 5, 18 through 24. Then we'll go to our scripture in Matthew 25. But Amos 5, 18 through 24 says, Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. For what good is the day of the Lord to you? It will be darkness and not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion and a bear met him. Or as though he went into a house, leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? Is it not very dark with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feast days, and I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. But let justice run down like water, and righteousness like a mighty stream. Prophecy and words from the Lord in the book of Amos. This is a strong word, and it's it's a dark word. It's, it's, the, it's the same day of the Lord that we are told to comfort each other with when we're caught up. And it's like going, but woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. And I want to say this. This passage is directed towards a religious type of believer. This message is directed to a religious type of believer that this day is going to be dark. That these are people, and I say religious because they observe feasts. And when I say feast, it's like the feast days of the Lord. And this is all Old Testament. So these would be like the type of Jews or believers. They, oh, they did the religious feast. They did the Passover. They did the stuff. They, they had their, their sacred assemblies. They, they made offerings, burnt offerings and grain offerings. But says God didn't accept them. He didn't accept their peace offerings. All these different offerings they had to do in the Old Testament system. Um, these were forms of worship. It's, God doesn't accept the worship. He says, take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not hear the melodies of your instruments. This is, again, this, this type of worship. It's like, don't sing to me your songs. Let justice run down like water and righteousness. He, God's like, there's no justice. There's an injustice that's accepted by this religious system. There's no righteousness. God's wanting righteousness like a mighty stream. And so there's this, you know, very quickly, I'm not going to go very deep. I don't have time on a podcast to do that. I'm sorry. But there's this religious thing where people are going through the motions. Today, I worry so much about uh, so many Christian churches. I mean, I love contemporary music, but we've turned our worship services into concerts. It's not worship. It's a concert. And to God, that's noise. That's noise. God could care less about the worship team and how awesome the music is when it's a concert because it's not about him. It's about the bands and them wanting to sound good in a concert and people that want to feel good about themselves. And it cause it's not worship to him. It's, it's, it's a humanistic worship. It's about them or it's just you're worshiping some other God. You know, I mean, we can, we can call that God Jesus, but if that God is an idol, if that, if that Jesus is a Jesus that we've made up in our mind, it's not the Jesus sitting on the throne. It's not the Jesus of the Bible. It's the Jesus that I, as a man, create in my mind. This is what I want Jesus to be like. I want Jesus to, uh, be this way. 
I don't I want Jesus to allow me to live in my sin. I want Jesus to do this and this, things that aren't in his character because we make him in our image. When we make Jesus into our image, it's called an idol. It's a false god. It's blasphemous. It's sinful. God rejects that. Jesus is Jesus. God is God. We come to worship him as he is. And he's revealed himself to us. Sometimes it's uncomfortable because there's things about God we learn about that I'm the one that's getting transformed. God's not changing for me. God doesn't change. God remains the same. He's the Jesus is the same yesterday, today, to, today and forever. Excuse me with that tongue tripping. I get excited sometimes and I trip over my own words. But God doesn't change and that's a good thing. That's a good thing that he doesn't change. He's, he's constant. We're, we are the ones that need to change. And that this day of the Lord, it's going to be dark, not light. There are people that think it's going to be light and great. And it's going to be scary for them. It says, it'll be as though a man fled from a lion and a bear met him. Or as though he went into the house, leaned his hand on a wall, and a serpent bit him. Now, I often teach on this passage here, and I link it with... Uh, 1 Samuel 17, it's the fight with David and Goliath. And I talk about how Goliath represents Satan. Because David earlier, when he's telling Saul about, I can I can fight this Goliath. And he David says when he was younger watching sheep, that a lion came and he fought the lion. And then a bear came and he fought the bear and he killed them both. And that this giant's no better than the lion and the bear. And 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 so, well, how do you, how do you know? Satan. Well, it's right here. You know, the same thing. It's as though a man fled from a lion. So here, unlike the David who fought the lion and won, this is a spiritual entity that when the lion shows up, they run. When the bear shows up, they run. And you run into a house where you think you're safe. I've, I've, I've escaped the lion. I've escaped the bear. And you lean up on the wall and the serpent bites you. See, that's what the day of the Lord is going to be. There's, there's these things, these demonic powers that's going to rise up. And the, the religious Christians, so to speak, are going to try and flee them. But in the end, the devil is going to bite them. It's going to be there. You cannot escape it. Now, let me get to our last scripture here before I run out of time. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. It says, then the kingdom of heaven shall be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five foolish. And those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they slumbered and slept. And at the midnight's cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. And then those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps is going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us and you. Go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. And afterward the other virgins came, also saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you do not know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Now, again, I want to say, I am reading from uh, the uh, lectionary 
um, the liturgical lectionary. And I'm specifically, I've noticed that depending on where you, which lectionary, I mean, the lectionary is the same, but there's little differences, whether it's uh, the, the lectionary, the Presbyterians or the Methodist or uh, the Catholics or the Lutherans. There's, it's like the same, but there's little differences, usually with the psalm that you're reading in it, or, you know, occasionally maybe it's the, uh, the, the the epistle chosen but I, i've 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 chosen a, a lectionary i used i actually went you can go to the internet i downloaded a free one from sola publishing um on a three-year schedule and i used the lectionary to do these these series so i've got my scriptures and i'm just god give me a word and then i'm i'm what are, what are, what do these three passages speaking and that's that's what i'm doing with these podcasts it's sort of a prophetic style of teaching and preaching, and and so I did not choose these these passages, nor did I choose them for this day that was done for me. And so it, this is just the spirit of the Lord putting this together the way it is. Um, I haven't manipulated these passages; it's just the way it is. And I share that because here's this Matthew passage, the ten virgins. Five were foolish. They didn't take oil. And I've taught this before. I believe last year there, there might have been a teaching about the, the anointing, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. I'm just going off the top of my head. I've got nearly 100 podcasts up here in the last year and a half, two years um, doing this. So I know I've taught this before, but oil, this oil is anointing. And you have to get that from the Lord. You can't get anointing from another person. You get that from spending it with the Lord. You buy from the Lord. In Revelation, God says, you know, come and buy from me gold refined in the fire. It's in Revelation 3. Come and, come and buy gold from me. And he calls you poor. You don't, you're poor, wretched, naked. Come buy gold. Well, if you're poor, how can you buy gold? You know, it's, it's one of those things. Well, how can I buy gold if I'm poor? How can I buy gold refined in the fire? It's, this is anointing and anointing costs you. You have to, you have to spend, you know, if you're buying something, you're spending money, you have to spend time with the Lord. You see money here on this planet, it means nothing to the Lord. Your time is life and you give your life to the Lord. You spend time with the Lord and that purchases something. It purchases something, you know, you want to, you want to go buy oil, you want to buy anointing, spend time with the Lord Jesus. Sit at his feet. Soak in his presence. That's how you get anointing through that relationship with him. Five of these virgins have done that. Five have not. And then at the midnight hour, when the crack was out, the bridegroom's coming, you know, this is a dark hour. And the five didn't have any. They asked those that did, give me some oil. The five can't give it to them. They have to go and get it themselves. And so they they run out to get it themselves. They go run, you know, okay, now we'll go spend some time with the Lord. Listen, those five foolish ones are these religious people. They're 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 virgins. They're 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 quote Christians. They're believers in the Lord. They're they're waiting for their bridegroom, but they're not prepared. They're not ready. And they're going to go out into the darkness with no lamps. There won't be any light. 
and they're in the darkness fleeing from bears and fleeing from lions and you see the serpent is going to bite them in the end because when they go back and they say Lord open up to us he's going to say I do not know you I do not know you because if I would have known how do you know you, you spent time getting your oil you have your oil God gives you what you need in those moments, I'm sharing this. It's it's time to choose. Believers, it's time to choose to really commit yourself to the Lord. We want to comfort ourselves that, listen, there's a shaking going on. There's a spiritual war that is raging. As I shared at our intercession night when this came out, listen, I don't know when the Lord is coming. I don't know the day or the hour. I, I believe and teach that he's coming back in my lifetime, but you know, maybe he's not. Maybe it'll be another hundred years. I don't know. But I do know this. If the Lord doesn't come back in our lifetime, we are living in a pivotal moment. There, there is a, there is a shaking. There is something historical that has go down that will be taught in history that what is happening now, if this isn't the coming of the Lord, it will be something that could shape the world for the next hundred, 150 years. It will be significant. As significant as what launched into World War One and Two. You know, World War Two is really a continuation of World War One. And World War One was started before they, they fought the war. There were there were things in the world that was happening, and that was more than a hundred years ago at this point. I want to encourage you, believer, now is the time. Don't wait. Get your oil now. Spend your time with the Lord. It's not a time to be afraid. It's a time that we should wake up and hear that the bridegroom is coming. The Lord is coming. We don't know the hour, but we can get our oils ready to light our lamps, to shine the light of Jesus. I believe in dark times also comes the greatest revivals. The greatest breakthroughs in my life come through things that are difficult. And I believe the greatest miracles for us lie in front of us. And though the darkness and the enemy rise up, God rises up a standard against it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today, God. I thank you that you love us and that you're shaking the foundations of the world, God. The kingdoms of this na- of the world will be shaken. You said you will shake everything that can be shaken. And God, I thank you that as a believer, we can be firmly planted on you. You are the, are the foundation that cannot be shaken, God. And if we stand upon you, though the things around us shake, we will have a firm foundation and that you are faithful. You never fail us. God, I pray right now that those listening, God, would seek you, would hunger and thirst for you, God, and that you would fill them with your spirit, fill them with your presence, anoint them with your power, God. Let them be a light and witness to the world, God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this teaching, this podcast. Check out our ministry Drop us a line sometime. You can also see other teachings from our website, www.christianimpact.net. And until next time, God bless. Oh.